0: okay so I'm just waking up from a vision and this one seems like it means something um maybe not something very very um as important as I feel I know that others are but it means something so I'm in this neighborhood that I used to stay in um it's sort of like a middle class suburb, and all I know is we were walking down the street, me and my sister, and first we passed we were with somebody, and he we ended up dropping him off at his house, so like we were all walking. He kind of was with us, but he kind of wasn't. Like we were just like I guess just hanging around the neighborhood, but going on our way somewhere. And he's his house was on the way, and he went to his house, I think, and kind of like drifted off. I'm not sure. I kind of forgot that part. But as we're walking, you know, I see someone else, and it's funny because it's bow wow. But I think that in this in this vision, it represents, you know a few different people, kind of, like, just, like, this, like, a guy who you would see around the neighborhood who you would know, and he'd be, like, maybe you see him in school sometimes, but, like, you're not that close that y'all hang out every day, but, like, I don't know, like, just a cute guy you probably have a crush on or something like that, but, you know, also just not, like, celebrity status, so, um, We're walking down the street, and then all you know is, all I know is, we see him, he's standing on this porch, and there's something just, like, something doesn't feel right for all of us. And we kind of, I could kind of see the look on his face. I can't speak for my sister if she noticed it, but but I know she noticed that something just automatically just fell off. Like, what is that? And I saw it. I noticed the look in his face, too, like, I got to go see about that. I got to go see what that is. But I didn't know if he was really going to go check, but if it was calling. So I was like, noticed it, but it was like, should I check? No, I shouldn't. Should I check? No, I shouldn't. And then I was wondering if I should go see about it. Well, my sister, she might have noticed it too, but she didn't say anything. Nobody said anything. And she just started running towards the direction, and I was wondering if I was going to check because I was still debating like, eh, I might want to go see about it. But then like, I don't know because I don't know how important. Not no, it felt important. I just don't know. It's not. I don't. It's not that I want to insert anything that doesn't have anything to do with me, but it just didn't feel like. I was sure that it was worth, you know, rushing to because I didn't want to rush to something and just be like, you know, maybe just somebody else's business, like an argument or something. But that's what it felt like, something of that magnitude. So I looked down the street and I see that my sister is running, but not before I noticed that Bow wow just starts running. And I noticed, you know, somebody said, your brother And he was already looking for my brother, like, for his brother, like, where's my brother? It's funny, because we, I don't know if we were looking for our brother, but we were looking. Like, I don't know how to explain it. It was just, what is that? But it feels like it might be urgent, so maybe we should get there. Like a house fire, but not necessarily like that. But, um... All I know is I look down the street, I see him running so fast. My sister's really really far down the street by this point. So I just start running and I just start running. I just start um trying to get there. But it's like I can't like I can run fast, but if I really want to and this feels like something I should really like hurry up and catch up and, and get there, you know, catch up to everybody else by the time they get there. But they so far ahead of me at this point. And I look down and I notice like what is keeping me like it feels like something's dragging my feet, and it's like slippers like I'm wearing like flip flops and it's making me like run slower so i I'm like, do I have time to kick off these flip flops, but if the flip flops making me slower and I'm like, I'll get there faster, so I would just make up for the time and taking them off, so I hurry up and I kick my flip flops off and i I start to Really, really take off as fast as possible, and it's that urgent that I don't even really want to kick off my footfalls really quick because I gotta get there before you know. I don't want. I don't know if I'll miss what ha- what's happening, or what, but all I know is like, wow, his brother was involved, and this kind of like that's that's why I say he represents somebody in the neighborhood because I don't know if Paul has a brother, and. I don't know what that really means. I just know he represents someone in the neighborhood who was like, we would have known him and his brother. And something's going on. So, I'm almost there. And I kind of, I'm wondering like, what is it? Is it really worth catching up to them for? And I'm almost there. And all I know is I like see, it looks like my brother. And then this other guy from the neighborhood, like chase, like chasing. No, no, they're being chased. They're running together. They're friends. It's. It was actually an incident when I was younger, of. Um. The guy who was with him, running with him, actually chasing him around the neighborhood. But. Like it was funny how it was like. it was made clear, like, no, we're friends, we're cool, we're not beefing, he's not chasing him this time, this time we are running from something, so they're both running from something together as, like, friends, so I'm realizing, like, whatever it is, like, they could just be cool now, that's what it feel like, but whatever it is, you know, it's more important than the beef that they have, and all I know is, like, that might be a little bit more serious than... But I don't know how serious it is, so so I'm trying to get there and I feel like I hear it at this it's like just ask. Just ask. And it feels like that's what they saying to my brother. Because like, he's like instead of just asking, he's running and this individual is really like out to get him, like. He's he's not safe if this person catches him. But it doesn't, I can't tell, like, how unsafe he is if this, person's, if this person catches him. But it's like, all I hear is, like, he's, all I see is he's running. So it's not that big a deal that, like, maybe his life is in danger. Because that's when they say, like, you know, instead of running from this person, even though you're not necessarily safe with this person, just ask. Just ask. So... My brother, he's like, he he got this look on his face, that's like, nah, I'm looking for the next fence to hop. I'm looking for, you know, the next back, backyard to run run into or something. Like he's he's like, nah, I'd rather get away. I don't want to, you know, I don't know if it's if it's fear, but. It's definitely feeling like, you know, he felt like the best way to avoid the issue is to run. And some people might say that's fear, but that's not always fear. It's not always fear. A lot of times it might be, you know, the best way to avoid a situation. But it felt more like this time. It didn't feel more like fear, but more like um, this person just don't have no good intentions, you know, And you can stick around for that, but I'm just not about to, you know, allow this person to play over me or something like that in a way. Reminds me of a like neighborhood bully. But like, this person is more than a neighborhood bully. This person is more like a, uh, up to something with a goal. This person has a goal. And so my brother runs because it's not like he's like, it's not going to be me. And it kind of feels like it also has something to do with me and my sister as well, our family. And so it doesn't feel like more like fear, but more like, um, I'm not going to let you catch me and kind of like being ahead of you. Kind of like being ahead of you and, you know, in a way, it might be his way of not only getting away, but kind of like protecting us. Because he's like, if if I run and you can't catch me, then I can double back around and I can like help other people avoid. Like, help my brother, help my sisters avoid you, avoid the situation so that, you know, you don't get to play over them either. And it's like, almost like being able to, being able to set stuff up. I don't know if it's setting things up, but being able to, like, do stuff on, on, on this, like, do stuff on your own. So, without this person's supervision or being able to hover over and monitor things and so therefore you can help other people see and get away too from this individual because this person just seems like they more like up to something. Like I said, they have a goal. And it's like a bully type thing. But it's not this is this past just a bully. A bully just wanna bully people. Like their goal is just to inflict pain on others. But this person, yes, with that same goal to inflict pain on other, actually have a more of a, you know, reason behind what they're doing. Like, I'm actually trying to accomplish something here. And if you ask me, I feel like it was Satan. And that's what I said when I woke up. I said, that's Satan. But it also could be representative of this person that I feel that I'm battling constantly. And going back and forth with, you know over the souls of my myself and my family members, like the people I love. So once again, Satan. But if I'm being 100% honest, I feel that like it kind of reminds me of NBA Youngboy because it feels like, you know, that's kind of like a narrative that's been pushed that he that this is the kind of individual that he is kind of. And I feel that I've, you know, kind of divulged enough information to kind of paint that picture. But at the same time, it's it's confusing a lot of times the way I tell it. Because for me, and I'm not saying he's, you know, just... It's a different story for me because, like I said, he's still is an individual. But... I've seen him multiple different doing. I've seen him in multiple different ways. I don't know what to believe. Like, I've seen him as like this character that's like you know sort of have like some sort of power, some sort of control, and like the first time he showed up in my visions, which I was going to talk about in a previous episode, the first time he showed up in my visions, he was like feeling like like. I't know who to who to I don't know what kind of individual he was because he was showing up saying i'm i gotta make this right I gotta do what's right, so I feel like you he's actually he actually has a conscience and he cares in a way, and maybe it's not about caring but more about like justice for him. I don't know, but at the same time also just like an attitude that's like he has control and, you know, he, he fought, he, he, he sees himself as in a position of power to be able to, you know, control people. And I feel like violate rights as a human being and that right there is like evil. It's evil. So when he first showed up, he's like, I got to make this right. And I didn't know what that meant. So I don't, know if that was an attempt to, you know, trick me, I don't know if that was an attempt to like, um, like just a ploy and a a ploy to his ultimate goal, which is to like have some sort of control over me and anybody he feel like he just want to have control over. Or it was a real genuine act of, you know, kindness and concern, which I can't tell the difference, you know, mainly because when I ask God, you know, when I'm referring to God, the spirit of God that I know of, when I'm asking him about these things, you know, it feels that he is vouching for him. And that doesn't always mean that this person is a good person, because the thing is, like, we're all, we're all, like, we've all sinned. All of us need forgiveness. So, because somebody, because God vouches for somebody, I'm not trying to, please, I'm, I'm really not trying to tarnish his character or anything. But you can be anything from a saint to a murderer. God loves us all. He may vouch for you. No, He will vouch for you. He loves you. So that doesn't, you know, it is not. That's not really a real way to weigh where, what kind of person He really is. It just means that, you know, God vouches for him. Not, and then that also also considering that God doesn't vouch for just anybody or everybody. He does, but, you know. This is different. This is more of a he shows promise type of vouch. So I trust God. I trust God, and of course, in his word. Yet still, you have to be very wary because he shows promise. That means that, you know, that that doesn't necessarily mean he's for God and he's on the right side or the good side, it just means that he can't show in certain times and certain situations that he actually wants justice or he may sometimes do the right thing. He may do something that's pleasing in God's eyes or he may do something that is like considerate of his brother or sister just because of who he is. That's just who he is. And God appreciates that, but he may not necessarily actually intend to be a good person. He might not even be a good person. So, keep in mind, I'm not trying to judge him. We're all good people deep down. We all just have to go through, like, we have to live here in this world. We have to, you know, go through these different things that we go through. And we have to deal with individuals who take advantage, it changes you. It makes you a lot of times have to be the type of person that you appear to be. So I'm not judging him. I really don't know. I'm just trying to understand, you know, the situation. So every situation is unique and it's it's different. But all I know is when he first showed up, he said, I got to make this right. But also in the same breath, I noticed that. When I showed up, you know, he was like standing there, like, you know, I'm the power here, or I'm the one in a way, like, or I'm, you know, it's me. Act, not like just like I got, you know, I'm I'm to be, I'm to be feared or respected in a way, kind of how he was standing and, like, you know, and. When I showed up, I noticed that everybody was kind of like, "Is she here? she's here and he he was saying that too, but he didn't turn around, and he didn't want to show me that you know he was affected by me in that way, and when I noticed he was, though, I wasn't hiding it, and I was just like, hmm, okay, so you know you know who I am, you notice know who I am, okay." Who am I? Because I could see how y'all are kind of reacting, so that's what made it almost feel like it was a setup type vision. Not I, automat- I didn't automatically settle into if how real it was, or if it was even a real gesture. And all I <laughs> excuse me, all I know is I recognize somebody that I've known my whole life, so I would believe that it was my sister. And she sat on the couch in such a depression, so sad, so, like, so broken, so, so broken. And I just, I walked up to her and wanted to talk to her, and immediately I noticed him get, like, snappy. And I don't want to say snappy, like he did something. that was like, he was like, don't talk to her, or like he would just start bossing me around immediately. As soon as I stepped, as soon as I stepped up, and I, I just wanted to do anything on my own accord, he just started telling me what to do. He just started like you should have heard the way he talked to me. Like he was my master or something. Like, don't don't do this. Stop. And I remember thinking, like, who are you talking to? Who, who are you talking to? And he was like, I don't know what he said, like, I control this or something like that. And when I saw my sister, I was like, it didn't, it didn't, it turned, she turned to somebody else, she wasn't my sister, she looked so bad, so down, I was like, um, she started talking, because it was like an altercation, I'm like, you, like, who are you? you, you don't control me, like, that you don't tell me what to do, and, cause it was like, take, like, it made me, like, I was taken aback by it, because it was more of a master type situation, he talked to me like I was his slave, and, I was just like, like, why would you feel like you can talk to me like that? And he was so confident and so sure. Like, it was like, I don't want to say it was scary. It wasn't scary, but it was more like, hold on, who are you then? Because with that much confidence and that much, you know, conviction, when you say something, you talk to people like that you you are just sure that that person must be somebody or know something you don't know. But I know you don't know nothing pertaining to me I don't know. So why are you talking to me like you crazy? Like, I, that's just how I feel. Like, why are you talking to me like you crazy? Who are you? And, you know, the way that he said it, said it, it made me feel like, you know, maybe he would know something I didn't know. Or maybe he was in a position to speak speak to me in that manner. But he wasn't. And then I was like, I didn't want to argue because I felt what was more concerning was my sister or this girl. because it, it became, She became unrecognizable. So depressed. So instead of like going back and forth with him about, you know, whether he has control to talk to me like that or not, whether he's even in a position to do that. I was talking to my, I wanted to say something to her. And I was like, I wanted to be like, what's wrong? And that's when he was like, well, I got control over her. Well, I, I run that though. That Like, that's that's my area. I might not, because I, I pretty much just told him, you don't run me. I can do what I want to do. And he was like, I, I got like, this this mine, you know, this mine right here. So if you want to talk to her or if you want permission to talk to her, then that's what I'm saying. You know, that's what I'm saying. Don't talk or don't, don't do certain things. And for me, it felt like he almost had an attitude like, I don't run you yet. Or you just don't know it yet or something like that. And I just felt like you just don't know who God is yet because that's the only one run me like that. You know, and I just, I didn't respect his, his, his vibe, his energy. He he almost in a way stood as if he had more power than God and, or wanted to. And it was just so, to me, so disrespectful. It was disrespectful, not alone just to me, because that's, that's one thing. But it was just disrespectful as a whole, feeling like, you just, you just a human. You're just a person. And you just feel like you could just, anybody could just show up. Just anybody, anybody in this world. And off rip, you just like, I own you. Who does that? I don't, never heard of that in my life, but I know that it's demonic. So, because the only way, I'm picking up on it, the only way you feel like immediately you can control me or like, or like you own me or something. Like, first of all, I'm not even supposed to be here. So I realized that I was, they said summoned. The word was summoned. He summoned me. So I was pulled out of my home spiritually from wherever I was at into this vision. And I was wondering why. But he said to make things right. So I was feeling like, hmm, you know, obviously maybe maybe you are to be respected. Maybe you know I can respect that, but I'm only gonna respect you as a fellow human being, you know, a fellow brother or sister, not a master. I'm not your slave. This person's not even your slave. I don't know why they respond to you like that, but I guess I might find out by end this vision, maybe, or I'll figure it out. Like I don't know, but that's them. And, you know, I just remember, you know, wanting to talk to her. And he's like, okay, it's cool. You can talk to her. Because, like, he's almost in a way, like, exercising his power and flexing it over this individual. And I couldn't understand why this person was responding like that. But they was whipped into shape because I asked them what's wrong. And they was like, he chose you. I mean, me. He chose you over me. I mean... And he was like, cut it. And he just like, with his hand, like, don't talk, don't say nothing else. And I realized he was exercising his power over this individual. And I was just like, wow, like, oh no. Oh no, What what is that? You know, talking to her like, you speak when spoken to, and you know, I own you. Like, I was like, that's evil. That's that's evil right there. That really is evil. But why does it feel like you're the one with more of a conscience in the situation than this individual? If you're the one making things right on something this person has done so wrong, it would not be willing to make right or even seek remorse, has no remorse for what they've done. But you at least have enough of a, you know, conscience that you care enough that you want to make this situation right. Unless, of course, because you feel it feels like this person is more evil they just more calculated with the things that they do you know unless of course you you see this as an opportunity to use it to your advantage you you might you might be one of those people who take advantage of other people's shortcomings or sins condemning them and feeling like you're god like you you can cast those judgments maybe you're pretty good at being more considerate than others would be, maybe you're pretty good at doing the right thing for most for the most part, but no no, you're not him because see it's it's a lot of things you lack, you lack compassion in a lot of areas, you lack you know humility in a way, you know because I don't know. It was it was just so many things out of pocket, like just summoning me, and for the right reasons, I would say, but automatically just assume like I own you. I own you like that. Right there was like it was devastating because I felt like you have a reason to feel like you to feel like that, and not with me. I want to find out later that it has a lot to do with my sister and selling me, like she sold me. But how can you sell another individual? That's why I say this is satanic, because when you look back and you really look into it, like. I've started doing research and just started studying up on this since because I've been through demonic warfare all the time. I did research on it and I found that, you know, when you any individual who gets into any type of demonic covenant or satanic covenant with Satan, whatever it be, whether it's a contract, a pact, whatever it is that you've done or is you are in contact with Satan for you, you you actually put your whole entire bloodline in danger. That's obvious. That's where generational curses come from. But I didn't I didn't know that just because you decided to do that or to get involved with Satan, Satan gets to choose from any of your family members who he wants and who he, you know, who he feels like is the best person. So a lot of people come to Satan thinking, I want to win. I want power. I want money. I want these things, whatever. For whatever reason, they come to Satan to make a deal. And Satan ultimately looks at you and decides if he even wants to offer you anything. He might just take you and give you nothing. Or he might offer you something in exchange for something. Like, he decides whether you are even worth it. Sometimes he might not even offer you anything. So like, you're going to hell anyways. You're not even worth it. You don't get nothing from me. And the other times he might look into your entire bloodline, to your entire family tree. And when you want to make a deal, he'll say to himself, you know, like he's conniving, he's deceitful. He's going to always have a, 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 it's a catch to everything. It's always a catch. You never get what you came for. He always gets way more than you ever get out of it. And I I found out, I didn't know that's how, that this is how this worked. but when you come and offer something, your soul to Satan, for a contract, what he does is he looks into your family tree and sees who has the best destiny. And whoever has the best destiny, you either have to you have to steal their destiny from them, or you have to have the best destiny in order for him to offer you that contract. And ultimately, he is requiring for your entire family to sell their souls to him. Everybody had to be down with that. Nobody in the family tree or or bloodline can be like, you know, I worship God and you sold your soul to the devil. Unless, of course, they don't have more of a power than you have in the family or over the entire family. Because that would make you deciding for the entire bloodline who the, who y'all are worshiping. And from what I could tell, somebody in my bloodline, and this is what, what baffles me. It must be this generation. It must be my generation. Because, you know... Why wouldn't this have presented itself before? But of course, this has been in a generation for a while. We have generational curses. So it kind of trickles down generation after generation. And I'm seeing that it must be a repetitive pattern where somebody in every generation is given the opportunity to take credit or stand in a gap for the entire family. And no one has been able to do it or no one has been willing to do it thus far. And God, you know, has shown me that he's given my mom an opportunity on her side in her lifetime and my father an opportunity on his side in his lifetime. They failed. They missed the mark on that. But he's given me this opportunity and I'm chosen. But I was wondering, how can I be chosen if he's given my mom the same opportunity, my dad the same opportunity? Doesn't that mean he's given us all the same opportunity? But I'm chosen to actually break this generational curse off of the bloodline. So that makes me feel like what it really means is I'm actually gonna do it. And that's what makes me chosen. I don't know. But what I noticed is somebody tried to sell their soul, get a contract with the devil and wound up actually just running with the a certain crowd or group because it's a lot of people who want to be in, who have ties with the devil, obviously, if not the whole, almost the whole world, but, um, they wound up getting involved. They didn't get, I don't feel like they got what they came to get, the power and stuff they came to get. Maybe they did, but it wasn't in a way that they maybe have had intended because like I said, Satan is a trickster. So it feels like to me, whoever went to go do this wound up actually as a, you know, a minion, one of Satan's minions or agents. And I'm sure, you know, they want to paint a picture that is different, but it's not real power. It's not real freedom. Like, you know, I know that already. But, you know, of course, there are going to be different benefits that they that they want this person to believe that they have. So that's what keeps them where they at instead of switching sides you know, and doing what's right for your bloodline, you know, you have to feel like you're getting something out of it. So all I know is, well, not that you have a choice by the time you come and offer yourself up to him, but still, you like you, you feel like you're getting something out of it. But um, all I know is, you know, I found out that they searched the entire family and it was me who had the best and the greatest destiny. So the after getting everybody to sell their soul, you know, it trickled down to me. And everybody gathered around to all attack me because I was the one with the greatest destiny. Probably because it was told, it was foretold that I was not going to sell my soul. I wasn't going to sell my soul to the devil. I wasn't going to be with that. And I was going to have to fight for each and every single last one of their souls back And fight for all of them and pretty much sacrifice my life for all of them or be willing to die about all of them in order to free us all. So it's not just because you want to sell your soul, you don't get to walk off free. No. Now you have to fight for all their souls back. And you have to fight all of them because they all sold their soul. And he has control over all of them now. And they feel like they're doing this, for whatever reason they feel like they're doing this for, they're fighting real hard about that. So, it's sad because you know, like, they're being played, you know that it's a lie, you know that they're not really ever going to get anything real out of it, and it's it's really sad because you know they're suffering the entire time too, because like, now that he has control over them, he's torturing them, he does whatever he wants to do to them, and you have to suffer too, so... It Almost in a way, he kind of gets you too just because of what they done and you have to fight y'all, all of y'all out. But by the grace of God, because I don't want to put so much, I don't want to give Satan so much credit. By the grace of God, you know, he he covers me. He covers me. He's protecting me. He loves me. Like, I can't imagine where I'd be right now if I did not take him seriously. I cannot, I cannot imagine where I'd be right now. If God didn't vouch for me, man, man, oh man, oh man, oh man. After that experience, where he just like talked to me like I was a slave, like he owned me, and my sister as well, and also said, you know, um, he said, give her her baby. I never had a baby. She's the one who just had a baby. It kind of reminds me and has reminded me of when one day I was talking to my mother and my sister. And my sister said to me, I'm only having two kids, but maybe I'll give you one of them. Or maybe I'll carry a child for you. And I, I just, I just thought that was really odd, because she spoke with so much like, like she was just so sure I couldn't have children of my own. She spoke like I wouldn't, I would need someone to carry a child for me, and it was weird because that day it felt like they wanted to tell me something, but they didn't say it. They couldn't tell me. They just wouldn't tell me. And looking back on it, I kind of feel like that has a lot to do with that because I said to myself, maybe they have something to do with me not being able to have children then at the same time around this time it was being revealed to me that they have something to do like with that and like you know i i couldn't believe it i wouldn't be i wouldn't have been able to believe it cuz i didn't feel like like what what would i ever have done to them to deserve them doing something like that to me but like how could how could they even be responsible for that excuse me but like I said, you know, you don't know what people are really doing behind closed doors. You don't know, you know, what people really go to Satan for and the kind of things that they do. You just don't know. You don't like you don't really see who people really are until God reveals them. And sometimes you can never believe that it's the same person. Sometimes you can never believe that. I know that I am not perfect. I've sinned. And this is one of the reasons why, you know, I have to be made you know, perfect, I have to be made righteous, I have to be made holy, like, I got work, so I've been doing so much work, and I have so much work to do in order to become the kind of person that's actually ever free of these kind of satanic attacks, or that can free my entire family, I have so much work to do, but ultimately, you know, I turned out to be the best person in my family, the pure, the goodest, I guess, the goodest person in my family, most good, Goodest is not a word, I guess, but the most good person in my family, and, you know, I didn't realize that people hated me as much as they hated me, or was such as much of a target on my back as it was, it still don't really make that much sense, you know? It does when you know that I'm the most good person. But that would mean that they would have had to know that the whole time. And God's revealing to me, yeah, they knew. They knew. I just didn't feel like we was ever that kind of family that would really be doing stuff like that. But, you know, I've been told for so long to, you know, that the people out in this world that you feel like they so wicked. I can't believe that people like this exist in the world. They somebody's family. And so don't put it past your own. Like just because y'all blood don't mean that y'all like, you know, family. So that's not what God feel like. God obviously God don't agree with that because just because y'all blood don't make y'all family. That's not that doesn't work with in spiritual law. Like because y'all blood y'all family, and so if you want a future in God, and if you actually want to move forward and actually be able to accomplish the things that He set out for your life. You have to take responsibility for your family. You have to stand in the gap. You have to take responsibility for everything that they've done. That means that distant cousin that's over there being a witch and casting spells and God dealing with Satan, you don't get to say, "Nah, that's my distant cousin. I don't mess with them like that. I don't got nothing to do with what they're doing. Because if you ever seek a real relationship with God, he's going to ask you to take responsibility and address that. And that's unfair to me because like you can't control... People, You can't control stuff that they do, but that's the power, you know, because if God feels like you are, if he deems you, you know, worthy, then he's giving you the power to do that. Just like he's giving them, just like when they're with Satan, they have some sort of false sense of power to even involve your bloodline and that kind of thing. When you're with God, he has the power to allow you to be the vessel that frees your bloodline of those things. I'm so blessed, really, you know, even though I'm suffering, suffering, so suffering so much because of what I'm what I'm dealing with. I'm so, 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 so blessed. And I don't want to sound ungrateful. I'm very so blessed. I'm I'm really so blessed to have this opportunity to free us because like I said, you know, I've always been one of those people who felt like it's not really I don't feel like people are really wicked. I don't feel like they're really so evil. You know, when it comes down to it, you know, we all just human. And we just scarred in, from different things we've been through in this world. Some people might want to believe they're more wicked than they are. Or might feel like they... Some people might actually be more a little bit more wicked. But, you know, when it comes down to it, it's all a... It's It's, it's all, you know, a... We're just human. We're just human. We're hurt. We need healing. That's all we need is healing. We need the truth. We need God's love. God knows what we need. And if we had it, I don't think that we would be that way. I don't think that we would be that way. You know, I genuinely don't feel like any of us would ever feel like after, before and after dealing with Satan that he has anything real to offer us if, of course, we had the healing that we seeked or we felt that we needed from God. It's just the you know being patient and submitting to his authority that some people have the issue of, I believe, regardless, I say all this to say that you know it's kind of debatable you know the 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 side or the where where he lands where NBA young boy lands as far as what kind of person individually he is does feel like a lot of times he is, you know, so wicked. Like, you know, for me, because I won't submit to the authority of Satan, you know, I'm tortured because of it. And it's like he owns me. He feels like he owns me. And if that's him, of course, because people can show up as whoever, I don't know. But this does feel like a very high level cult, like very high high level. Su- society cultism whatever you call that and like Illuminati but like I remember them saying early on that's so corny sounds so corny calling the Illuminati and it's like so what is it you know but whatever you know Illuminati and it's just you know It definitely feel like it's that. Because for anybody to be able to summon you or pull you into anything or anywhere, your soul, your spirit, man, anywhere without ever having to touch you or be anywhere near you, that's a very high level of witchcraft and sorcery. Very high level. Because a lot of people, and I noticed in the process, you know, my family members, they had to, you know, get my DNA. They were collecting my period blood pads. And... My hair samples and just my underwear, different stuff they were collecting you know on on instruction by instruction to be involved, but ultimately, once I look back, I realized that you know when they were telling them collect these things, these really this really was just a ploy to get them to kind of like it's like a contract that's that was their form of contract. Once you do this, once you go and, you know, agree to this by collecting samples and doing this whole spell witchcrafting, then you are in, in a way you have just sold your soul to the devil. And they didn't need that ever. They never need that because they never need that with me. I never collected anybody's period blood sample or anybody's underwear or their hair. And cast a spell on it. I never did anything like that. But I did watch tarot card readings. I did believe in hor- horoscopes and zodiac signs. And it ultimately it comes down to when they want to just put hands on you. They're going to use anything, any sin you ever done. It's going to come down to that. And it's unfair. Like it's it, They're never going to be using it on fair terms. But it's okay because it's unfair for them. God has shown me that. And... When I first heard God saying, you know, this person is collecting your period blood samples in order to, like, collecting your underwear. they went. I'm like, why? What's going on? Like, God said, don't worry, just be patient. That's what God said to me, don't worry, just be patient. And, you know, I found out it was a prophecy on my life that everybody knew about. I realized, like, you know, ultimately... This was all set up. They knew this the whole time. They did not know. Like, my family members may not have known when they were collecting period blood samples and thinking they were getting something out of it, like some sort of power or, you know, being involved in some sort of, like, uh, organization or whatever it is they thought they was doing. They may not have understood the severity of what it was that was going on. And I also remember being told, like, Satan tricked them into selling their soul for power, whatever it was that they sold their souls for. And ultimately, you know, he didn't tell them about the prophecy on your life, about who you were. They didn't know that you were a demon hunter. So Satan knew that already, knew the prophecy on my life, and he already has set it up. I'm going to get her entire family against her. I'm going to get her entire family one by one to sell their soul to me so that, And I'm not going to tell them that she's a demon hunter with the possibility and the, you know, the power to God's going to give her the power used as a vessel to free the entire family of this in their entire bloodline. I'm just going to entice them into selling their soul to me, not letting them know who God is and that he's real, tricking them in any way possible to get them on board. And then when it comes down to God, God actually saying, you know. You know, it. He knew the whole time, but he didn't tell them. And so, therefore, I ha- God has the final say anyways. He, he God told me he doesn't own any of my people. He has no control over any of my children. You know, there are spiritual laws, meaning that you are going to have to repent. You're going to have to stand in a gap. You're going to have to be made holy. You're going to have to come completely out of that lifestyle and do away with anything and everything that he has anything to do with that you may have received as gifts or whatever in your life. In my case that would be my entire life have to give away or I have to walk away completely from all of this and by then I would have to do it in a manner that's like um I've had many different offers like I've had them say you could take whatever you came with and go and then you'd be just free of this situation but the reason why I did not do it is because. They knew for a fact that I was getting closer and closer to my destiny becoming made true. And they wanted to keep me from my destiny. So they would actually be keeping me from my destiny. Like, I would be forfeiting my destiny in a way if I just walk away. Not that that is an issue for me because instead of having to continuously fight something like this that feels like, you know, like... I can't, I don't want to sound selfish and say I don't want to have to take responsibility for them. If they want to continue to keep doing witchcraft, I can't keep chasing around them for the rest, chasing after them for the rest of my life. That's what it feels like I'm doing a lot of these visions. And a lot of these visions, I'm keeping them from doing the stuff that they want, that like they just chasing after and wanting to do. How long can I genuinely do that for? You know, so if it's a possibility that I could just go and be responsible for just me and live a regular life and start off and start fresh and just start over then maybe I will take that opportunity. But I also want to believe that God believes in me. He placed me here for a reason. Because when I was back home before I let it started, God said to me, I have an assignment for you. And he sent me here. And so with that being said, that means this, you know, this, this, this situation can be beat. And I don't know if God will let me just run away. From my assignment. I don't know if he would just let me walk away from it. Of course that's possible. But it's forfeiting what he has for me. It's forfeiting, you know. And then it's it's doubting that he has a power to bring me out of it. It's doubting his power. And I don't doubt that. And I'm so glad that for so long I didn't. You know. I'm not saying that I do now. I'm just saying like I was doing so much better at one point. Um, I don't want to say that. I just say that I went through this entire process of, I don't know what it was. I guess they were initiating or attempting to sacrifice me, which they still are. And God brought me out of that. And not only did he bring me out of it, he allowed me to be used as a vessel to bring my sister out of it, my niece out of it, my mother out of it. And, and on that day, Satan exposed himself. Satan exposed himself because he said, yes, yes, finally, you're on your knees. I have power over you. And that's funny because the whole time, every single day, even now, he's trying to convince me that he has some sort of power over me. He doesn't have no power over me. I God have been saying that the whole time, and I know it for a fact. God is saying it now. He don't have no power over you. He don't have no control over you. He don't run the show. He don't really have no power over what you're giving him. You really can do whatever you really want to do in me, as long as you know you abide in me, you know, and just follow and be obedient to me. Like he really cannot harm you or do nothing to you. Sometimes it's just hard to accept that as a human because you know you you realize the different things that are being affected in your life and you say how is that doing nothing? But you give it power when you feel like it matters. And I noticed that, you know, I had to sacrifice. I had to lose everything. I had to lose. I'm I've lost everything. I really have nothing. I really genuinely have nothing. I lost everything in this process, and that's because I had to be willing to let go of everything for God. But in reality, I don't feel like I really ever lost nothing because I decided that I was willing to let go of everything for God when I picked up my Bible and dedicated my life to him. So I don't really feel like I really ever really lost anything. I'm gaining things. But obviously, yeah, it feels like a loss. But like I said, it's about how you see it. It's about perspective and Trusting God and believing Him when He says He don't have no power but what you give Him. So if I ever gave any of these materialistic, worldly things in my life, fleshly things, power, that's the power I've given Satan, and that's what it come down to. And it come down to you know submitting myself wholly to God, putting on the full armor, and not allowing Satan any real power in my life. And I've noticed that you know He still does have power in different things that I do, different sin I, I run back to, and different habitual habits that I have. But ultimately, you know, I could walk away right now. I really could walk away right now scot-free without an issue. They would love to see that happen. Most days, they are, you know, encouraging that because they're so afraid of their demise. They're so afraid of, you know, their judgment that's coming, you know, because of them actually trying to see this through them trying to sacrifice me and continuously trying to see this through instead of repenting and turning back. Like so many days they try and get me to quit, give up and walk away from the entire situation just so they can win. And like I said, they only have the ground that I give them. So if I if I'm saying today Oh, they're doing this and they're doing that or they had this kind of power. They're going to take full advantage and they're going to always try to take it to the max. Every single time, every single little bit, little inch that you give them, they try to take it to the max. So that is why it's important to be obedient, as obedient to God as you possibly can. But trust that, you know, God is almighty power and with, and you have authority in him. You are empowered through him so they can't really touch or keep, or or hurt you, you know, as long as you know that. But this is a un, more unique situation because, like I said, it's on a more of a high level. So I have to be way more obedient and way more, you know, way more perfect and diligent than somebody otherwise would have in a a not so. Um like, a situation that's lesser. But I don't want to give them too much credit, like, as if they have real power. You know, it's just more of them, I guess. They're more dedicated to it. I don't know. I found in this process that there are actually more uh, deeper situations. Like, I remember it felt like somebody showed me, like, the emblem of a real, like, Uh, Satan, like a real devil worshiping organization, it it felt deep. It felt deep. Lately, I've been thinking about that because I said to myself, this person knows, you know, knows what to play with and what not to play with. They will sit up here and try to sacrifice me and, and try and do the satanic stuff on a certain level. But they would not play with that, you know, certain organizations like that. That's like these super dedicated organizations, you know, that are like, Real Satan worshipers sacrificing people on mass levels and, you know, drinking blood and all kinds of stuff like that. They won't play like that, but they'll play with my life like this, which makes them feel like they makes me feel like they have no regard for my life. But that's okay because like I said, God's bringing me out. He's bringing me out and he has regard for my life. And one thing you always have to know when you deal with Satan you are not the biggest, you are not the baddest, and you are not the first person that came up with the idea that you wanted to sell yourself for some power or whatever you came for. So you're going to have to face some bigger, badder wolves. And just like you, they don't care about nobody but they if they care about themselves, So you have to be careful when you're dealing with him because you never get nothing out of it. And there's always going to be somebody who want what you want, too, so you have to battle them for it. And they willing to go to, to great lengths. You don't know who you run into. So you always get exactly what you're looking for, but not what you're looking for. you got to be careful because God showed me he's to be feared. You go and do something like that, trying to do things without him, feeling like you want your own power and you got your, you, your own, like you're standing in your own right. And you run right into what you need. Somebody who's going to step on you as much as they feel like it since you don't respect God's authority. And that's what's so sad, you know? And I'm, like I said, that's why I fight so hard because I know I'm going to be okay, but I want them to be okay.